0: Well, let's see, I, I graduated from college at the University of Florida, and I went on a trip to Europe. And then I came back, and Greg was r- rousting about wanting to start this theater, and um, he would call me all the time. So we decided to start at Gainesville, and came up here, and we just started planning. And it was funny. It was just, it was, I look at it now, and it was just so. Young and innocent, you know, about... We didn't expect anything or want anything back. We just wanted to do this theater that we loved, this idea that we loved that was starting to bloom.
1: That's Marilyn Wall, one of the Hippodrome founders. She became the Hippodrome's costume designer, but she also took on many different roles at the hip.
0: Actually, I directed, I I, I told you, I used to put, um, I used to love to put, say, like, ten people in a scene or eight people in a scene and really work out movement and structure.
1: I worked with Marilyn starting with my very first show with the hip, Defiance. From the moment I met her, she was just pure joy and creativity. She was always so eager to have me come in and try on the costume she made and tell me every detail about the piece, as well as give me reasons why she chose what she did to create it. She was so complimentary of how it looked when you tried it on that you felt like a million bucks. She would also constantly want to adjust and fix it because she was a perfectionist, even if you said you felt great in it, but that was just her amazing work ethic still driving her. She was always open for feedback. But one of my favorite things about her was that I could just stop in the shop while she was working and chat. We would talk about everything and anything. People like her are what makes theater magical. Theater is a collective endeavor, but it requires the work of many talented individuals. Theatrical productions bring together playwrights, performers, directors, stage managers, set and costume designers, as well as experts in scene construction and lighting. But working in the field of theater isn't limited to production positions. Many theaters have a literary manager who researches productions a company could produce. Theaters have administrators that manage the business functions of the theater as well as marketing directors who advertise shows. Theaters write funding grants. Many theaters, like the Hippodrome, also have theater education departments, which provide programming in the form of camps and school programs that teach the students techniques of acting, directing, playwriting, script analysis, and theater history. Although in the beginning of the Hippodrome, all of the founders took turns in the different roles necessary for putting on a show, today, the Hippodrome employs an artistic director, a technical director, an education director, a production manager, a lighting designer, a stage manager, a sound designer, a master electrician, a facilities manager, a box office manager, a development associate, a graphic designer, a marketing coordinator, and a caretaker. It takes a lot to run a theater.
0: One of the most wonderful moments that happened in the early days was we all got to do what we wanted. No no one judged what the other ones did. And we just supported each other. I directed Macbeth. It was, we we built parts of the set out of this real heavy um, cardboard and stuff. And that's where I met Carlos was I I heard about this Cuban set designer who was fabulous. And he was at the University of Florida. So I tracked him down and, and we, we met for breakfast. And then I hired him. Hiring us to pay somebody then was like maybe four, three hundred dollars was all they all they made, and we he came in and we put a set together and I have some wonderful pictures of some of the costumes. They were all kind of made out of rags because we didn't have much money. Anyway, they they kind of were in accentuating all the passion and hard stuff about about being a king and. And I just let everybody kind of flesh it all out together. It was so wonderful. This woman told me that someone had seen my work at um, laying on a table or something at uh, University of Florida theater department. And this girl said to the other teacher, you should go out to the hippodrome and see what's going on out there. It's pretty incredible. But what happened was sometimes with your, if you have limitations, you, you dig down deeper for a place to, you know, for your work to come forward. It just was so exciting to have that freedom, being able to present your work and, but, and then we wouldn't have the money. And so then I, um, I was pretty good at make and do with um, what we had. Everybody could do whatever they wanted. Nobody bossed anybody around. So usually it's a crack of dawn, I was at Greg's house. But we had such a good time. We loved what we did, just w- working with great passion. And I um, worked with Hippodrome for 50 years, but I did other work in between. I used to sometimes do, I did two major motion pictures, and actually, I got Emmys
1: for a couple of them. Marilyn was successful in her creative endeavors outside of her work with the Hippodrome, too. She designed puppets for the Georgia public broadcasting program, Salsa, Spanish for Children. And she won two Emmy Awards for her work on the show. In this episode, we're going to hear about how Marilyn's creativity inspired others to push themselves creatively and how she fostered artistic talent and potential in others. Before we get the show on the road, let me also introduce my podcast colleague, Lauren Burrell Cox. Lauren's a film PhD student at the University of Florida. She began collecting the Hippodrome's oral histories in the summer of 2020, which is how this podcast project started. Ladies and gentlemen, Act 5: Marilyn Wall.
2: When I began talking to people for this project, everyone told me that HIP founder and costume designer Marilyn Wall was a creative genius. I never met her in person due to the pandemic, but I spoke with her a couple of times on the phone, and she made me feel like we'd been friends for a long time when she told me stories about working at the HIP. In speaking with others, I came to find out that Marilyn radiated a warmth that brought people in and made them feel welcome in her creative process which isn't always typical of extremely creative people. Being a film person, I thought about how film and television often depict designers as ornery and hard to please. Here I'm thinking of fashion designer Reynolds Woodcock, played by Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson's 2017 film Phantom Thread. Reynolds may be a creative genius, but his behavior is toxic. The film encapsulates the myth of the creative male genius. Marilyn's the antithesis of this, she brought people into her world and pushed them creatively. When she spotted talent in a young artist, she mentored that. Her attention to detail when designing costumes demonstrated her thoughtfulness. In this episode, we're bringing you stories of Marilyn's creativity, collaboration, and care.
3: Oh, I, I worked with Marilyn for over 20 years. I was the artistic director at the Hippodrome. I actually lived next door to her for a while, and we are dear friends and great collaborators.
2: That's Lauren Warhol Caldwell, former Hippodrome Artistic Director.
3: We have created a lot of magic together. (laughs) Um, And she's truly one of a kind, I'll I'll tell you that. Um, She is a... She's just uh, she's she's funny, 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 funny. And she is a genius. And um, we collaborated very well together. So I have very fond memories of being in her presence and being a part of not only her artistry and aesthetic, but her incredible wit and love for life and the love for the underdog and there were just so many things about her that were just so humanitarian and the artistry was of course the, the at the top of the heap so to speak that sort of trickled down because she was such a genuine, giving artist that that would translate into other aspects of her life. It was a true joy and honor to create with that woman.
2: Lauren told me about one of her first experiences working with Marilyn.
3: Marilyn was in charge of the high school groups. And um, she was passing the baton to me because she was pregnant. I had just started. And those kids were, uh, they had already been cast. The season had already started. And Marilyn was supposed to meet me at the theater to introduce me and pass the baton to me you know i know those kids loved her so i was a little apprehensive and a little nervous about taking over but marilyn needed some time i mean she was pregnant so i got there that day and i waited and i waited and i waited and marilyn never showed up and there's 18 kids in high school looking at me like who are you and she never showed up which is a completely unlike her well what happened was she was in the hospital giving birth so we laughed about that she said the only time i've ever let you down is when i had to give birth and um so uh, <laughs> she really didn't let me down
2: Marilyn took her artistic abilities and put them to use creating educational content for children.
3: She also worked on, we did, um, there was a program called Theater for Young Audiences. We would do commissioned pieces like GRU would commission us to do things about recycling. And we would write these scripts. So Marilyn was also a part of that. And then also costumed them and then these these pieces would tour the state teaching young people about different different things like recycling or energy control or things that teenagers deal with all the way from how to deal with having a zit on your face to admitting that you were gay to boyfriend girlfriend problems and all these kind of things I probably directed well over 200 shows. The majority of those shows, I would say 90% of them were designed by Marilyn. Marilyn loved that theater and it was our artistic home. She really found a place where she could really um, take risks She found a place where she was honored. She found a place where she could speak her mind about her designs and not just be told what to do by some director. It was a partnership. We created some incredible things. And the other thing I have to say about Marilyn is, and I've worked with designers at other theaters and I've worked with designers who are guest designers and they're all very good. I have nothing but glowing comments about them. But the thing about Marilyn that is incredible is not only her designs, but her construction of the costumes. They, it was impeccable. Impeccable. And it, uh, there was not a thread showing there was not a loose button. They were made with expertise. A lot of my friends who are artistic directors came to see my shows. And without a doubt, without exception, they were always blown away by the costumes. So she had a national reputation. She won Emmy awards for her puppetry that she did a puppet show in Atlanta. She was so multifaceted that um, her house, (laughs) I lived next door to her. Her house was a work of art. She had three sons. I would go over there and the table would be set. After working a 14-hour day and raising three sons, they would have Taco Bell because the kids wanted Taco Bell that night. But it was always to candlelight and on China. It was... Everything was art. That's that's who she was. You don't find very many people like that. I loved her. I love her I love her to death. She became one of my confidants, a soulmate, a collaborator, a partner in magical thinking. <laughs> I I doubt I'll ever pass that way again with someone. I really don't think I will. It was that precious to me.
2: Lauren also told me about what the creative process was like between her and Marilyn.
3: You know, every show is different. There's period pieces, there's contemporary pieces, there's devised pieces, there's high conceptual pieces. So Marilyn and I had a very specific way to approach each category in a different way so depending on the play and what we needed to serve the playwright's uh, words and intentions and also the director's uh, concept of the piece we had different conversations depending on what genre it was but marilyn and i would start as though we had a million dollars and we would dream And we would collaborate. We would talk about in depth of what the playwright's intention was, what my concept was. We would talk about specific costumes that might help tell the story. Um, We would actually talk conceptual and also very concrete. But then she would go away and then she would do these incredible incredible drawings of what her first impulse was of the costumes and many times they were just um, pencil drawings Uh, do we have the right do we have the right are, are we moving in the right direction and we would sit down and go over every costume every drawing, asking ourselves a million questions. Once we came to an agreement on that, then she would do these incredible renderings. They were absolutely stunning. The They weren't stick figures. They were characterizations of the character. And there was movement in them and she would paint them, these renderings. And she would not only paint them on eight by tens, but then she would give me thumbnails of all of them to carry in my director's uh, play script. Then what we did was we would begin the process of the play. The actors come in. Things change when actors come in, there's um, opinions, there's collaboration, there's um, things that they feel strongly about. She would meet with each individual actor and ask them about their character. And then those renderings then could be changed depending on where the next stage led us. And then eventually, um, we would have the costumes. We would have what we call a costume parade with all the actors coming in in their costumes. And we would sit next to each other and scrutinize each one, one at a time. And I can't tell you how many times she was like, that costume doesn't work. I'm starting over that. The thing about Marilyn is that the stakes were high. But she was not afraid of that. If it was three days before opening and we needed a new costume, she did it. There's a lot of designers that just say, you know what, that's what you got, that's what you're gonna get. And that was not Marilyn. Marilyn was fearless. She was something to be reckoned with. And I mean that in a good way. And like I said, she wasn't exclusive. She had enough to go around for everybody.
2: Marilyn brought other people into her world, and she took special care when it came to mentoring young creative minds.
3: I know that interns would come in and work in the costume shop, and without exception, they all walked out of there and got great jobs. Working with someone at that caliber, learning how to talk to actors, learning the art of collaboration, being able to say, if that doesn't work, that's okay, let's go on to number next. What they learned from her in her artistry, but how she treated people, they walked away and they found jobs. That is also a a mentoring that Marilyn gave as a gift to so many young, starving artists. So that's also something that, I know she was very proud of.
4: Well, I started out going to the Hippodrome summer camp because a few of my friends from middle school had gone. So a lot of them had gone since they were in kindergarten and they all kind of grew up at the Hippodrome, so I was kind of a late joiner.
2: That's Ellie Rankeeler. She started working at the hip during middle school and Marilyn took special notice of her. Marilyn had an eye for spotting young talent.
4: So I went there for um, for two summers for actually the summer camp, and then um, and then I was in the plays and I was um, I made the costumes for some of those plays and, like helped out with that because um, I was just always drawn to making things. So I was so I started being a teen helper and then eventually kind of Gabby just um, we became really really good friends and she introduced me to Marilyn and so. I think my junior year of high school, um, I did an internship through my school program and I just started working with Marilyn. That continued for two years. And I was I was still doing um, teen helping at the, the summer camp through my high school. And then when I graduated, I, I taught a costume, costume class. I taught a costume class at the Hippodrome. And then after that, I went to school in New York for fashion design every summer I would kind of like circle back to the hippodrome and always do like help out with something you know when I was visiting my family like work on some kind of a play or like um Marilyn would always kind of find me and give me jobs like she would always be offered jobs to do movies and she was like well I don't have the time for it so if you could do it so whatever project she had she would pass on to me um she would call me during the summers. she would sometimes get jobs to like just do costumes for local commercials or something, do makeup for them and she would always kind of tag me along, kinda of like a sidekick, just showing me all of her ways and um, just yeah, I just I just got surrounded by all these amazing women at the, the Hippodrome and I just they just pulled me in and let me be with them when I was young and it was just really wonderful. Yeah, I'm really lucky that I'm really lucky that it was so positive cuz it was just all these all these awesome women in this like beautiful space like creating. And I was like I was welcomed into it and they paid me and I was like I was like 15 probably. I just remember like just everything was so fun. Every time we were making something, it was just a bunch of women chatting and laughing, like, in a room, like, making amazing things. We were always super productive, always having so much fun.
2: Marilyn made work fun, and she also created a thoughtful and collaborative space for others.
4: She sees every single detail. She pulls every single detail together in a really beautiful way. There's just something, like, there's something so thoughtful about the way her mind is when she when she like steps back and looks at something, artistic vision that's just full of joy and full of love and detail oriented, and just beautiful person to work with, beautiful person to collaborate with, just so fun, uh, so smart. It's she's just she's just brilliant. She's just brilliant. She's just one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. I see all of the designs and the thoughtfulness and like texture pattern choices, different little trinkets that she would put on to like. I think like one time it was like some costume for this trash queen or something, but she put a kazoo on like her retractable little like, um, it's like one of those those little retractable wires that you like keep your keys on like as a security guard or something like she just put a kazoo on it i don't know just like i i feel like design wise everything was so thoughtful nothing was ever generic everything looked free but then it was incredibly thoughtful i feel like the characters were the the actors were better able to find themselves because like they would go into the costume shop upstairs and they would have someone that took every single amount of effort to spend time with them and understand them and try to help them build their character. So in the shows, I feel like you don't you don't get to see that in community theater as, as much like someone that's like that is brilliant and that makes people feel so happy and so welcomed and so at home. I feel like it makes everyone else work better or work harder or be inspired. She knew how to guide people to execute what she wanted to see done and not make people feel like they were being dominated.
3: But for me, it's more heartfelt and soulful and just this absolute divine love and respect that i have for her that just lurks inside of me and i can tell you i am a better artist for working with her so the gifts that she has given not just to me but to so many people she's full of love and giving and an ultimate ultimate artist
4: It's very maternal, it's very it's very home building. It's it's extremely it's extremely womanly like it's the same it's the same way she treats her children she treats everyone that way you know she builds a home wherever she is and welcomes people into it
2: and marilyn did bring her children to work with her
0: i'd ride him over in my bicycle from downtown gainesville to where the Hippodrome had that huge sign and where we had their big warehouse before we got into our big fancy warehouse, I just loved him, and I put him, pack him in that little basket, carry him, you know, on my bicycle over to the paperdoll.
2: Marilyn made the theater a home, and she also made the theater a very fun place to be.
4: She's she's hilarious. Like she'll just like she would just like. I don't know, like some, like I think one time we just went to go grab lunch or something, and I came back and she just put like forks in her mouth, like she was a walrus for no reason. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, just just things like that. I mean, and uh, I don't know. One time, one time we were working really, really late. It was one summer I had come back from college to help her with um, costuming one of the plays. I don't even remember which one it was, but. We were just so exhausted and we had to go and get some mink coats up in the attic for some project and i just remember her like hurling them down the stairs at me like like all these mink coats and then we just kind of put them around the office like it was probably like it was really late at night it might have been like one in the morning but we were just like exhausted and like we were just so tired and so we positioned all of these mink fur coats around the office and put little eyeballs and like teeth on them and stuff just like on people's desks and on the floor you know just so people would come in work in the morning and see the little mink mink fur coat monsters
3: you know, Marilyn would dress up like a chicken and show up at parties and always um, always had some sort of uh, way of making a grand entrance and always decked out in a way that no one expected her to be decked out. And um, one night we were at a party and i walked in and marilyn was there and um she wasn't she wasn't saying anything to me but she would mosey over and stand in front of me and look at me and i would say marilyn what what what? And she wouldn't say anything but she would make a gesture and so this went on all night and What I never realized until she finally told me is that she was dressed as me. And she had come as me to this party and I completely, it went right over my head. And then I looked back at the gestures that she was making and the stance that she was taking and the way she was dressed and it all made complete sense. But at the time, it, it went right over my head and I thought, what is this woman doing? I have no idea, I, I'm not catching the gig here. You know, that takes a lot of time. Marilyn took a lot of time to put some of those things together to entertain us. And believe me, we were entertained. The chicken though is is, is my favorite. She dressed up like a chicken and um, it was quite elaborate. yeah cool. yeah. um so
4: I just remember we did this um this bondage version of Dracula. and there was like lots of blood. There was just like we were searching on, like lots of like I ama- like fun lingerie websites for the bondage Dracula. I just remember we were all we were trying to make like the best kind of blood, you know like and just like trying all these gummies and like just like laughing like spitting blood everywhere trying to find the best way to like she would just like make all these different formulas for her blood um that was just that was just such a fun show like we did these amazing wigs where we like put these cut these like long spikes of um of foam and glued them into the wigs and like colored them with red nail polish and then added extra like bits of weave into it to make them like big and curly with like shocks of red and like just like everyone was covered in blood and like super sexy and just like I just remember Marilyn having a ball and like we painted the girls fingernails fingers their whole not their fingernails their whole fingers with um with nail polish like up to the knuckles and like made it look like they had dipped their hands in blood um I just remember that being like a really fun production. I think I was doing that when I was doing my um, my high school internship. So I would just leave like English class and then come to that.
0: So, you know, I always think you have to be, you have to be um, willing to go uh, out on a limb. People just love you if you have a sense of humor or you present smorgasbord of little games or game-like things.
2: Marilyn made the hippodrome a lively and supportive workplace. Here's Ellie talking about how Marilyn helped her during her teenage years.
4: I just remember like her being so supportive of me like she would just celebrate like little wins all the time and I think that was so important when I was like 16 you know like I was like, I think I was like overweight and like super overweight. I had like a mohawk, really bad skin. You know, I wore wore combat boots and like weird dresses. Like I was, I was like, I was like a weirdo kind of. I don't know. And I was feeling like a weirdo. Like I was feeling out of place. I was. I think yeah. And I was six. I was six foot one. Um. So I just like I just felt kind of somewhat isolated. And she just celebrated things about me, and it just always, it always helped. She just like when I costumed to play for the summer camp or something. She was just like, oh, every moment was perfect. Like or I, I, these kids walked into my class, like the kindergarten kids walked into my class, and I was wearing a tiara, dressed up like a princess, and like greeted them that way for the first day of class, and then. She, they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave. You know, they didn't want to leave my class. And she would just tell everyone about that moment over and over again. And she would just celebrate it, celebrate with. It just made me feel really good about myself. And it was just like such a supportive, loving woman, empowering environment. She just has a special touch that can't really be defined, like a thoughtfulness and just like a total total freedom to try things and if they don't work you know not be downtrodden by that you know sometimes i feel like when you look at something like as a designer you think like oh do i like that do i not like this Marilyn looks at things and she thinks, oh, I do like this about that, and I don't like that about that. You know, she's never, she never had that moment of insecurity where she'd be like, oh, no, like, do I do I like that, do I not? She would always say, this is what I like about this, this is what I don't like about this, and this is how I'm going to fix it. it. it's It's something you can't, like, build. It's just like you're born with it, like a general ease of being.
2: Marilyn's mentorship motivated Ellie to create caring and thoughtful environments in her own work.
4: She always talked to me about um, how it's our job to um, just take care of people on a film set, definitely, and in the theater too, um, to make actors feel as comfortable as possible, help them um, create their characters, create their stories help them find their, find their role through um, building this character with them, um, developing a partnership with them, um, just making people like just little things. Like she would just talk about like, make sure you have toothbrushes in case like someone has like a nine hour long day, you know, make sure that um, you have like, when, when it's really, really hot outside and the actors are having to stay outside, just have like a, a towel so you can, like with water to put around their necks, just very nurturing, comfort, love. And she made every single job just so fun. Like, just like, I I use that, I use all of those things in my day, in my work now, like working with a big team and making sure that like, people, like she would just like stop working sometimes when it was really stressful and she would just start dancing or she would put on different outfits or something, or she just, she loved pranks. You know, she could just like switch between like always being totally driven to a point of being able to accomplish something fantastic, but always making it joyous and fun. And, and it, it showed in her work too. I think the, the way she approached, she approached every situation. It's hard to find someone who has like that ability to guide people, lead people, be be brilliant, and then also be such a positive, warm presence to be around. Like it's not like I I know I don't do it. I've never I haven't met anyone else who's able to do that. I definitely do do think that there was something such a very special connection that I shared with Marilyn just really, really thankful that she let me into her world. And I need to tell her that more often.
1: Marilyn Wall passed away in the spring of 2021. She touched so many people through her work at the Hippodrome. She created a unique environment at the hip by bringing people into her artistic world. To honor Maryland's legacy, the Gainesville City Commission approved the dual naming of Southeast Second Place to include Maryland Wall Way.
0: And as I look back now, I think, oh my God, Lord, 50 years. You never think of doing a job, one job that long. But you know, I never, I, I never, and change
1: my job Funding for this podcast was provided through a grant from the Florida Humanities with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions or recommendations expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Florida Humanities or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Additional support from the Hippodrome and the University of Florida Center for the Humanities and the Public Sphere. It is hosted by Ryan George. It was produced by Gabrielle Byam, Lauren Burrell-Cox, and Amanda Fraser. It was written and edited by Lauren Burrell-Cox. Ash, Phoenix Designs, Joshua Osborne, and Dina Torr designed the cover art. Special thanks to the Hippodrome founders whose voices made this project possible.
2: Thank you for supporting the alts.